Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. It's really small daily practices that you slowly implement, giving yourself a, so much grace and realizing that the presence of fear and security is not an indication you're doing the wrong thing. It's normally an indication that you're leaning towards something good and right that you should be doing. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Ms. Heather Parody. Heather is a content coach and podcast host. She teaches also masterminds for people that want to start their own podcast and things of that nature. For her professional and personal truth, she combined them. She delved into how she realized that she was doing things, making life goals for the external approval of others, and then went on to discuss uh, some ways that she was able to combat those thoughts and really delve into uh, her passion. We also talked about how you can rewire your brain. We talked about neuroplasticity and rewiring your brain for positive reasons to help to counteract some of those negative thoughts that may come. And finally, we talked a little bit about just tips for people that want to start their own podcast. What goes into it? What's required? What are the questions she typically gets from new podcasters? And as you all know, we ended with yes or BS. So we had a lot of fun with that. All right. Good people. Enjoy the show. And uh, we'll speak soon. Be well. Okay, good people. Welcome back to The Truth Prescription. This is episode number 60. And today I am super excited to talk to my guest, Heather Parody. Hello, Heather. What's up? How are you? I'm <laughs> doing well. Heather is talking to me today from Augusta, Georgia. That's right. <laughs> the, in, the, in the South. And uh, as I told her about 30 seconds ago, when I realized I hadn't hit record, I um, grew up listening to a lot of James Brown, who I know is a, has a big, big influence in Augusta. So Yeah, they have a big statue of him. Like you go yeah, downtown. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So Heather is a what I call a consistent content teacher or professor. She helps people figure out how to consistently put out content. She's also the podcast host of the Unconventional Leader podcast, which you you air. How often do you you do you do three times a week? We've been three times a week for the past year. Um, okay. For the next three or four months, we're going to twice a week. There's some reworks in the show that we're doing, and okay. yeah, so just kind of scaling back for a couple of months. Unconventional podcast, and you are on all the platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, blah blah blah. 
we're places. I don't even know what it is. We're seated <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I have to tell you, as a as a fellow podcaster, putting out a show three times a week is amazing. Or uh, even it's, two it's times crazy. a week is amazing. I don't know how you do it, but when I started doing my research, I said, "Shit, I can see why she's teaching consistent content." I mean, you <laughs> you've got a lot of content out there. Good luck, particularly on LinkedIn. A lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I, I just I, I think it's a really cool opportunity. I just see content as an opportunity to. I mean, you know this. Connect yeah. with people. You never, ever would have got a chance to, to reach or to yeah. talk to. It's just, it's, I, so I get excited about it. I probably go overboard because I love it so much. <laughs> it's like eating too much ice cream. So <laughs> That's funny. That means you're, you're definitely doing the right thing. That's one of the things I talk about, you know, people trying to find their, their passion or trying to find their, their, their gift. It's those things that make you feel great when you think about them, talk about them or do them. All right. Well, let's jump right into the truth prescription for my uh, old listeners. They they know this. So just bear with me, old listeners. For my new listeners, the premise of the show is that essentially we are afraid of truth. We don't like the truth. It's something that scares us or sometimes it's something we're not aware of. But once we accept it or learn how to accept it, many doors will open. And that's what we want to talk about with Heather today. So Heather, do you want to start with a personal or professional truth? I love this topic. Uh, and I look, we just met each other and you're about to find out like my deepest, darkest secrets. Um, <laughs> bat, but here we go. A, a truth. I think a truth that I've been trying to, I know I haven't come to full terms with it. I'm, I'm still learning about it, but I'm, I've become aware. Okay. I've become aware lately okay. that I've, a lot of my decisions in life have been fueled by um, response other people's responses and this fear of rejection Okay, that I've had a really strong fear of being alone and isolation and yeah. people not accepting decisions that I'm making. And so, you know, over the past couple of years, I've, I've made career shifts and taken leaps and jumps into things that logically don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, what are you doing exactly? And Learning to listen to that still small voice and lean into things that kind of scare you and seem a little bit unconventional. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we make a lot of memes about it and we share those quotes and we get all pumped about it. But actually yeah. living that life and doing it, it's not as cool or exciting. It's just scary as hell. Of course. So I've, I guess the truth right now is that those things that you feel called to aren't as pretty in the execution side as, as they appear on paper. And mm. can you give us an example? Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, starting, starting your own business and building an online platform. Yeah. People see, and you know this, I'm sure Absolutely. they say, Oh, that's cute. He has a podcast. <laughs> and I wonder how he's making money from that. And, you know, must be nice to have all that extra time and must be nice to be so confident and must be, you know, and they don't understand the back end of that, of how much work actually goes into it and how much there isn't validation at the beginning. And there isn't a lot of results at the beginning. And for, for the most part, people who enter into this space of creation, creating a show, creating a business, whatever it may be, we do so on blind faith where of course, there's calculated risk and working smart, but you have to kind of lean into uncertainty and not having a lot of validation and honestly feel dumb sometimes <laughs> and question yourself and yeah. wonder if you have lost your mind. Yeah. 
So there's so, and that's why I go, you know, went into the the rejection side is really becoming aware of how much I actually fear that rejection. Yeah. Because it's shown itself so much through the the quote quote courage that I've been taking over the past few years doing doing the work I do now. Okay. Do you think that your process is now going to be accepting that you have this fear of rejection? And sort of now trying to make decisions from a different place. Yeah. So I, I think that's such an interesting question. How you can kind of use negative energy and use it as a, something that propels you. You right. know, I talk about this quite a bit. I love this, the psychologist Alfred Adler. And he was back in the early 1900s. But his, his idea was that we are all born with this sense of inferiority, whether mm. it's the way we look or where we grew up or whether our mom or dad loved us or was there. I mean, just like whatever it may be, we all grow up with this sense of like, something off with me, something wrong. And so his idea was that instead of fighting that, instead of, no, 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 I'm not going to struggle with a father's love. No, no, no. I'm not going to struggle with being a woman in the boardroom. No, no, no. I'm not going to fight this stuff. Instead, like lean into that Mm. and Find out how that can be your competitive advantage and actually fuel your mission and find purpose in it. And so that's what we talk a lot about on unconventional leaders is, you know, that thing that you think disqualifies you is the very thing that can qualify you to make the greatest impact. And so I've been trying to talk more about my insecurity and doubt Mm. and stuff because I know that is what people (laughs) really want to hear and not just all the pretty crap. Correct. Yeah, no, it's true. I was thinking about this recently. I did a my two shows ago, I sort of opened up and did like almost like a 17 minute monologue just about some very, very personal things that I had dealt with. And uh, I I decided to do it because I just felt it was time. But it was also because I realized that if you look at the people that we connect with the most, be it, you know, Oprah or any, any one of these people. We all have some inroads, some insight into their personal lives and their personal struggles. That's what helps us connect with them from a human level. And that's what, you know, allows us to want to follow them and see what they're doing and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I I completely agree with you. Well, let me ask you, was that your personal and professional? Was that combined? What was that for you? So when you say professional truth, can you give me an example? Well, it would be like in your professional life. So. You know, the answer you just gave kind of comp- combined them both. Yeah. Some guests do combine them. So if, if you have a another example you want to give is, is great. If not, we can kind of move on. But I, I really liked your answer a lot because I think, you know, a lot of us and me included have done a lot of things for reasons outside of ourselves. And I think when we really start to get a good hold of what's going on inside and make decisions from inside, then our, our path opens up and becomes a lot, a lot clearer. Yeah, I think I'll probably combine both of them because it's okay. just been the, the journey that I've been on uh, the, the past two years going, you know, leaving, you know, the counseling world and going into online entrepreneurship. I mean, it's like this personal professional mess that I've just been <laughs> squished up all together, you know. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. That was a great segue. Let's go right into my first question. You talked a little bit just now about your your former career as a counselor. When was the moment you sort of realized, hey, you know what, this is not for me? We moved to Augusta from Little Rock, Arkansas. My husband uh, got stationed here. I went in for a job interview and started crying in the waiting room (laughs) because I just didn't want to be there. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And 
went on that job interview, went on another, got offered both of them. Okay. And got off the phone and started crying again. And my husband was like, Heather, usually when people get job offers, they don't cry. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I was thinking, well, how ridiculous is it that I would throw away a license and a degree that I worked hard for? And honestly, a subject that I love. I love human connection and psychology and what makes us tick. I love all of that. Mm -hmm. It it makes no logical sense not to get that, you know, clock in, clock out job and lean into something that literally makes zero sense and has more of a percent of failing flat than, uh, than succeeding. But I just knew, I mean, literally I have physical response to it. I just, I wanted to do the work that I'm doing now. I really, I, I, I love the possibility that you and I were talked about earlier of content and what you can do. My life has been changed through people like you who mm. had the courage to put a microphone in front of their face and <laughs> speak truth and say yeah. things. I yeah. didn't really, you know, have mentors or people step into my life and, you know, to guide me. And yeah. I leaned into stuff that you're doing, people putting their messages out there and listening to it over and over again. It was like my digital mentors and I had a personal experience with that. So I have a deep conviction about the power of, of these mics and, and what you can do in the world with them. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually, listening to you and, you know, a little bit of research I've, I've done, I think you you are using your counseling degree, right? Everybody says that, yeah. <laughs> I want you to talk about how your, can, your counseling degree translates to your podcast and then your podcasting ma- masterminds. Sure. So connection is huge. And yeah. I think as content creators... Uh, and I say content creators for those who don't, you know, understand what I mean by that. I'm not sure if, if your audience are all content creators or not, but it's pretty much doing what me and you are doing right now. We're putting out a message through the form of online content. So blogs, videos, podcasts, whatever it may be, but just creators in general, we we're so critical of ourselves. I think humans are in general, but you know, you'll put out this podcast and you'll beat yourself up. Be like, oh man, I sh- you know, I should have said this or maybe my music's off, maybe my brand's off. And we sit there and we stare at the problem and the content forever, forever. And we forget so easily that it's not so much about the content. It's about the person on the other end receiving that and that connection piece. And okay. so as content creators, we, you know, we worry so much about the product and forget the user on the other end. Right. And really establishing like, okay, if you and I, if our mics crack a little bit or, you know, you, you, you forgot to hit record earlier, that's cool. But like, if, you know, <laughs> we cut off part of our message or whatever, but you and I created a genuine human connection and the people listening on the other end felt heard and seen. And you and I were able to create something authentic and real. I guarantee you that's going to go so much further than a very well-produced show with no problems who completely miss the point when it comes to truth and authenticity and the real stuff that we are really hungry for. You know, I tell us, I talk about this all the time that in the online space, it's still humans and the same principles apply. If you and I were sitting there together and building a friendship for the first time, it's exactly the same online, but we Mm -hmm. forget that because you know, it's digital, but as we're moving into a digital space, we've got to start figuring out, you know, people can fight it and be like, oh, technology is evil, this digital stuff, whatever. Well, like it or not, it's here to stay and it's just going to keep growing. So we as leaders have got to figure out how can we connect better with our audiences and really bring humanity into the work that we're doing through podcasting or blogs or whatever. So I think that's where the counseling comes in is just that emphasis on 
connection and really yeah. building solid, deep, meaningful content. It's true. You know, I watched an interview where you talked about when you were making your transition, you were having all these like these, these like limiting beliefs and limiting thoughts. Do you remember how, and I'm sure you still have them. I still have them too. But do you remember how at that time you were able to sort of get past it? Was there, did you do something? Was there a technique? Did you pray? Did you go swimming? Did you scream and holler? Like, what was it that allowed you to just not listen to those thoughts and keep going? Because a lot of my listeners I know have that. And it's it's something I deal with as well. I deal with it constantly. <laughs> and the thing is, is you know, it, it's not just one, one time that you overcome fear or break through that fear and security, there's going to be a level up another one. And then when you break through that one, you're going to level up and there's going to be another one. So it just keeps intensifying. And I know that's super exciting, isn't it guys? (laughs) And I I hate even bringing up anything scientific that you're a doctor because, oh my gosh, you're so smart. Uh, I'm just persistent. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. Neuroplasticity. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing thing to research and learn more about. And and my very elementary understanding of it. It's just this idea that your brain can be rewired and your thoughts can be rewired and we can slowly change. Now it's not an overnight thing. It's just like a muscle you that you have to grow and develop. But you know, if you don't use your arm or your leg, eventually it's not going to be usable. And so we have to figure out a way to figure out how can we can stop entertaining negative thoughts and that was insecurities and feeding it and really start feeding what we want. And that's not easy. That takes a long, long time, but I almost go through like a brainwashing process where I feel like I'm getting brainwashed at least. Where I, when I feel insecure, I go on a run and I usually listen to a podcast of somebody who's killing it the way that I want to. And I just listen to them because I want to replace those words with the thoughts that are in my head. And that's just what works for me. I've been practicing meditation and gratitude and all of that, but it's really small daily practices that you slowly implement, giving yourself a so much grace and realizing that the presence of fear and security is not an indication you're doing the wrong thing. It's normally an indication that you're leaning towards something good and right that you should be doing. Yes. When you feel uncomfortable, you're normally in the right space. <laughs> normally, yes. right? Because the yes. e- ego wants to keep you comfortable um, yep. and doing the same thing like working a nine to five, <laughs> you know. Listen, if you're working a nine to five, I'm not disparaging it. What I'm saying is that for some people, they have so many other things they, that that their, their soul is calling them to do that working a nine to five just not what will not allow them to do that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Talk about, oh, this is interesting. So, you know, part of your your business is you, you know, you coach, you help podcasters, right? What are the top three questions that people ask you when they want to start a podcast? <laughs> How do I get famous people on my show? <laughs> That's a good one. It, but seriously, there's like, oh, how do I get this person? And I'm like, friend, listen, friend, <laughs> I appreciate the hustle. Like I do right. the reality of, I mean, you know, this like yes. the reality of what podcasting is really like, it's yeah. just like anything else that you start. You don't go and say, Hey, how do I become an iron man? And you hadn't even run a mile. You know what I mean? Like you have to build up and you have to be patient. And most people aren't in it for the long game. They're in it for the immediate gratification. And if you're in it for that, you're in the wrong freaking game. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that to be save yourself some time, save the world some time, yeah. go do something else because this is a long <laughs> game. So number one uh, question is just kind of that instant gratification. How do I do this? How do I do that? The second thing is getting really tripped up on the tech side of things, which okay. there is some small learning curve there. But yes. again, like you and I were talking about earlier, 
really realizing that your mic may suck off the bat. Your show may not be on point. You may struggle with this and that. And that's cool. Like who hasn't dealt with that? Sure. You want to talk about blooper reel? Heather (laughs) Parody, like, oh my God. But, you know, I love the quote that says action creates clarity. And so the only way you can learn and grow is through consistent action and through that process. And so, yes, research your mic. Yes, figure out how to do stuff better. But don't spend so much time doing that that you never take action. And that's where most people, you know, completely stop. And I think number three with podcasting is just this insecurity of, being accepted, like you're worth, you were just saying you shared something super personal the other day. And I want to commend you on that because so many people want to hide behind, you know, a guest or this or that, but podcasting is an intimate space. And so ultimately people may, you know, show up for the guests, but really they're here for you, the host, because they like you, they believe in your message. They believe in the truth prescription. Like they want that. And so I think it's really important for hosts to allow themselves the space to speak and be seen and share just as much as their guests and not hide behind their guests because ultimately the audience is here for you. And, and yeah. that's, that's again, it's intimidating because this is an intimate space, you yeah. know, and you're like, Hey, Hey world. Yeah. <laughs> here's all my insecurities and doubt. But I think if you're called to do that work, you, you have the ability to do it. I often think about it. Like, for instance, right now, if you and I were standing in a room of all the, whoever's listening to this right now, right. We literally mm-hmm. be right next to their ear, whispering in your, in their ear. Right. It's what's, crazy. what's more intimate than that? <laughs> right. Like right up on their ear. I had somebody reach out and say like, Heather, you drive with me every day to work. Wow. And she's like, it's like you're sitting next to me in my car. I feel like I know you. And I didn't know her. It was the weirdest (laughs) and most humbling thing in the world because as a host, you're just looking at a wall half the time and just talking. And then you hit publish (laughs) and then you see some numbers on the screen. You're like, that's cool. And you do that over and over again. And then when people reach out and you're like, oh man, somebody across the country or across the world is actually listening to this. It's, it's scary as can be. It's cool though. Yeah, it's, uh, it is exciting. I'm, I'm going to do a little plug really quick. I've done two meditations on Insight Timer, the app. It's just so cool to go on there and see two, 300 people, you know, respond or react or make comments, you know, about how something that, you know, that I created affected them. It's, it is beautiful. I have to check that out. That's yeah. sick. Sekou Gathers, go to uh, Insight Timer and put in my name, S-E-K-U Gathers. I've got like two more in the pipeline, but two have been, you know, it takes about, about a month for them to authorize it. They don't want people uploading, you know, craziness, <laughs> you know, but once they review it and listen to it and, you know, no, you're not doing uh, anything crazy, they'll publish it. So, but yeah, it's really nice. And the same thing on the podcast. I, I need to get more, you know, listeners. I need you to, to write some more comments, folks. <laughs> if you're loving the show, write some comments. I, I definitely need some more comments on the, uh, in the iTunes, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's a totally intimate space. And something I want to touch on that you said a little earlier, for me, this is really a labor of love. You know, I really feel like I'm giving and um, obviously not in it for the for the short game. I, the, re, the way, and I'll share this with you, some of my listeners know this, but the way that I even came about doing a podcast was I was writing a book. Uh, the book is eh, it's pretty much done, but I, I'll say I wrote a book. And part of the promotion for the book was the podcast. And I kind of fell out with the people that was were helping me put the book proposal together and everything. But I really enjoyed doing the podcast. I was like two episodes in. I was like, this is awesome. I love this. This is fantastic. I may not publish this book right now, but I love this medium. And it felt good. Scary and all those other things. But to your point, 
it really is a, a labor of love and really a feeling of trying to give to the listeners, to, to the listening community. And one thing I, I want to say on that is um, I, I totally feel you. I, I, I wish I could take it off so you could see it, but there's, it's stuck to my computer because it's been there so long, but it's this line that says every number is a person mm. uh, as a creator, a content creator. And I, I, I feel you so much that this is like, you know about therapy. Like this is my own therapy doing doing podcasts. But <laughs> when you put out your message, your blog, your video, whatever it, your book, whatever it may be, and sometimes those numbers aren't as big as you want. And when are they? I mean, you, you're you're never really happy with them. Yeah. I think we forget again in the digital space that it, Pat Flynn talks about this. It's so cool. He said if people starting off, they'll see 20, 30 views on this or downloads on this or whatever. He goes, imagine if 20 or 30 people walked into your living room and sat down and looked at you and wanted to hear what you had to say. Yeah, And awesome. they did that every single week. Now you'd be honored. Yeah. You'd be honored because you're like, holy crap, my living room's full. All these people. <laughs> right. But in the online space, we're like, oh shoot, it's only 30. Oh, it's only a hundred. Oh, it's only a thousand. Oh, it's only this or that. Because we don't translate those as physical human beings. Yeah who showed up to hear you. And that's such an honor. I have that on my computer because I, I, I get caught up in, you know, the vanity metrics sometimes. And I'm like, Heather, slow down. I like that, the vanity metric. <laughs> Heather, are you ready to jump into yes or BS? Yeah, can I just say everything's BS? Because that just sounds fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number one, I think I know your answer to this one. Anyone can be a podcaster. BS. <laughs> for, the, for the reasons we just discussed. Oh, and many more. (laughs) (laughs) You want to expound on that? I think desire. You don't, you shouldn't do stuff because you should. You should do it because it's something that won't leave you alone and comes natural for you. And a lot of people are like, oh, should I start a podcast to promote this? I'm like, that's not the right question. The right question is, do you want to? And is it something that excites you? Yeah. Number two, the role of wife is easier than the role of mother. Ooh, that's heavy. (laughs) The role of wife, BS. Interesting. Right. It's it's just so different. I think being, a, for me, mm-hmm. my experience, being a wife has just brought up so much, just deep soul issues I didn't know I had. Mm. And it's just like this reflection. And not that being a mother isn't at all, but it has its own new, new set of things. I just think, I think it's not a deeper, easier, harder, whatever. It's just so different that diff, like he has touched parts of my heart and soul that nobody ever has before. And my girls are the same way. They've touched parts of me and shown me parts of myself I didn't know existed. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just so unique and beautiful and scary. Intimacy is scary. Number three, the prototypical Southern gentleman is still alive and well. Gosh, these are good questions. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) The prototypical Southern gentlemen. I think gentlemen are still alive and well. I don't know how to put Southern or not because I don't, that's another thing. I don't even know if I'm that. Gentlemen, absolutely. I think there are good men out there. There are honorable men. There are gentlemen. Just as like there's good women out there. Um, I'm very hopeful for for that gender and my gender and all gender. I'm hopeful for humanity. humanity. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Number four, college prepares you for adult life. Man, I'm so impressed these questions. College prepares, college can prepare you for life. I'm not using my degree in the traditional sense. It's in the closet and I gave up my license and all of that. But for me, 
I grew so much in school and I'm not one of these people that's anti-education. I'm for education if it's right for you. And again, going back to that awareness, does it excite you? Does it bring you life? Is it something you want to do and not something you shouldn't do? So I think college can prepare you for life just because education can. You can get education in a lot of forms. Yeah, absolutely. Number five, there is too much content on the internet. Yes, true. Yes, 100%. And are you saying that because you're speaking about the content that's not good content? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't, you know, people feel like they, they need to just put out and put out a ton of content. I think we need to start changing the conversation of consistency because consistency is a part of relationship, building a relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. your, your, your wife, your husband, you know, you don't show up sometimes. Yeah, shoot yeah, You're, if you yeah. miss a night you don't show up one night they're like where are you you right, know what i mean yeah. so like we uh, that consistency piece doesn't mean consistently throwing up crap it means being trustworthy that okay. you're going to deliver value that you're going to put thought and intention behind you know that relationship and that you're not going to ghost sometimes so i think there are people are afraid about contents so or just throwing up a bunch of stuff without intention and you don't build relationship from that either Yeah. Number six, there are just too many podcasters. Uh, BS. Okay. I I can't say someone should or shouldn't be a podcaster. I I don't even know how many there are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really care. (laughs) My main thing is like, if you want to be a podcast host, be a podcast host. Mm -hmm. And I think the last stat I read, and I'm a little off on this, but Libsyn put out a stat that within their platform in the past year, I think it was less than 40%, if not less than 30%. I think it was less than 40% of podcasts registered with them in the past year have published one episode. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I like that. If you're going to be a podcast host, be a podcast host. Put out some damn shows. Come on. (laughs) Why is it my show, girl? Why can't I get Oprah on the show? Well. Why can't I get Oprah on the show? (laughs) Is your show worth Oprah coming on? And that takes time. Right. It yeah. just takes time. It takes time. Trust me, Oprah will call you when you become worthy enough to be, you know. Man, be, I'm planning on it. She's yeah. my boo and she doesn't know she is, but she is and one day she will. <laughs> it's a life goal of mine. She's a lot of, uh, she, she's definitely my uh, internal avatar. You know, I love I love her and what she does. Me too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you think about it, I don't know anyone else that kind of does what she does in terms of media and acting and producing and owning a cable like and giving and opening up schools like she's just she's just multi multi-dimensional yeah over the past few i mean 10 years or whatever she's just opened the door to just her the spiritual side of her and becoming like a spiritual mother and she's yeah. just like she radiates strength and what it means yeah. to be a strong woman I, I could go on about her but I, I adore her yeah and anybody listening right now should definitely check out her book the, the path made clear i've read it twice it came out in march Excellent, excellent, excellent book for for folks that are, you know, maybe on the cusp or the precipice of trying to figure out where you want to go with your life or how you can achieve your your goals. It's a nice manuscript, you know, done done well, done with a lot of heart. It does it doesn't read like a textbook. Number seven. Oh, this is an interesting question. I got a couple questions about this after you answer it. Homeschooling is better than public schooling. BS. <laughs> Heather was homeschooled, so that's why I put that in there. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like, I'll be 33 in September, and to this day, I'll trip and somebody will be like, homeschooler. 
Um, <laughs> it's crazy. No, I mean, there's some like really, there's some people who have really good experience with homeschooling. I just didn't have the best experience and I'm too social. Like it was, it was hard. I don't hear any kitties running in the background. So I assume that your, your kids are not homeschooled. No, <laughs> no. My husband and I, we were both homeschooled. And when, when he wow. asked me to marry him, I, I, I told him, I said, well, I'm not homeschooling the kids. Like, I know that's the way you and I grew up, but that's not me. Uh, I mean, they're, they're home from summer right now. They're, they're just upstairs. One's napping, one's taking, reading a book. So Nice. And the last one, number eight, building a podcast audience is simple. BS. Building an audience isn't simple. I don't care if it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or anything. It's hard. It's a yeah. lot of hard work. That's why you have to be driven with something deep and personal that moves you to the core Yeah. because it's super easy to lose heart. Yeah. All right. Well, Heather, that's all I've got. It's an honor. This is so cool. You have the best questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Yeah, I really enjoy this. As, as you kind of noted earlier, it's really nice also to connect with people that you otherwise would not have connected with. I may have never met Heather Parody from Augusta GA. You know what I mean? And just learning about what you're doing, your platform, I think my listeners can really benefit from it. Especially those who think they want to be podcasters, right? Or think they want to create content. Definitely check out Heather. Heather, how can people connect with you on your website and your Twitter and all that good stuff? So Unconventional Leaders Podcast, uh, Southern Accents Don't Bother You. You should definitely check it out. <laughs> and Heather Parody at Everywhere. So besides okay. Snapchat, because okay. I'm just not young enough for that. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Heather, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will uh, sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it. Mm.